lose his own soul. And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, these verses, of course, and the same thing, and I won't read it, but it's repeated in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. You see it again. And so it's very important that, they, you know, that it's repeated several times in the Gospels, this theme that God's talking about. But we're going to preach about that this morning, talk about it for a few minutes. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you, please, please guide me and direct me. And Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee. I need your presence. I need your power. I need your clarity. Lord, I need you to speak. I need to, me to be set aside and you fully and completely to speak through me and guide my thoughts and my mind. And Lord, help me to deliver exactly what you'd have me to say. Don't, don't let me say anything that might be confusing or, or would hinder anyone. Father, I pray again as you'd, that you'd wrap your arms around this place, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just wrap your arms around us as a mighty hedge of protection to us, that we'd be under your wings, and Lord, that you would guide us and direct us and protect us. We know you can, we know you will, and we trust you in Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this what I'm going to preach about this morning is, the, is this command that God gives to give up and take up. Give up and take up. First, Jesus says you must be willing to, to make him a priority over everything and everyone else in your life. I mean, it's that simple. Jesus says you, you've got to make me everything. He said, if you're going to be my disciples, you've got to make me the priority over everything. I'll repeat verse 25. It says, there were a great multitudes with him. Now, notice this. Multitudes were following him. Many people were, were chasing after Jesus. Many people were wanting to follow him. And he turned and said unto them, he said, he said whoa, time out. I'm, this is terrible. He said, I'm not looking for a crowd. I'm not looking for a crowd. I'm looking for disciples. And he said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Now, folks, anybody think that's a pretty tough scripture? I mean, the Lord says, he, God's so good. He looks at us and he says, you know what? Salvation's free. It's a gift. Salvation is, is to you. Anybody can have it. It's a, I died for the entire world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God said, I love the whole world. I died for the whole world. I'm here for the whole world. And, and, and he said, it's available to everybody. And so this whole world, this big massive crowd starts to, to come after him and start to chase him and start to follow him. And he says, whoa, time out. If you're going to be my disciples, I got some pretty intense things to tell you. I got some things that are going to kind of rock your boat. It's going to really shake you. And the truth is, it would really shake us today. 
Now, realistically, though, there are two thoughts about this passage. Number one, uh, this hatred, it says, you know, you're to hate all this family he's talked about, all these relationships out here in this world. He says, uh, this hatred in reality, is by the definition, is to love less. He says, you're to, you're, yeah, he's not saying to not to love them. He's saying, but you're to love them less than you do me. But he also, this word is a, is a stronger word in, in, in there, also in that definition, is the word detest. Now, you, he says, God says, this is what I believe Christ is saying. He's, Christ is saying that our devotion to him should be so extreme that our feelings for our family would be hateful by comparison. My, my love would be so great for God, my devotion so great for Jesus, that by comparison, even though I had this love for my family, by comparison, it's looked at as hatred. It's kind of like God's goodness above ours, God's, God's holiness above ours. It's, it's so extreme that all of our righteousness becomes filthy rags to God. Now, B, or the second thing is this, also it seems that this teaching obviously is primarily toward families. The Lord didn't say that you need to reject your friends. He said your family. He goes right down into the heart and the meat of these people. I mean, he goes right down where, as they was saying, rubber meets the road. I mean, he gets right down there uh, to, to your gut and says, uh, look, I'm talking about your families. This is toward your families. Many, watch this, many of these families are probably going to be lost families. But I want you to understand that Christ knew, and, and we know today, if you really think, that so often our family ties and the influence of our family over us becomes stronger and a greater influence in our lives than Christ. I'm going to try to give you an illustration. Uh, I I gave my life to and, and moved away to go to Bible college, and 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 we and you've heard the illustration, but you know on a Sunday we decided Monday I'd resign my job, and and Thursday we packed everything and went to a, a place we'd never seen before, and, and didn't have a job, didn't have a place to live, didn't have anything. We just started driving and got got up there. Now that was pretty tough. The night as we were getting ready to leave, and and different ones were there, family was there helping us pack. We lived over off of Getwell in a townhouse over at Getwell Road, nineteen eighty two. January of 82, and so we were packing. I walked uh, there. I was in the dark kind of in that parking lot, and I can see my dad right now in the darkness, but he grabbed me by my shoulder, and he said, son, don't do this. And he looked at me, just tears, and he said, don't do this. Don't take these babies away from us. And we had two little girls. Brooke was just a little girl at the time, and Ashley was born. And so he looked at and I turned away, and I walked away, and I just, uh, I just, in, in tears, as I was down in the, in the darkness of that parking lot, I said, God, I don't know if I can do this. And, and God, uh, but I just said, Lord, if you please, if you just, I'll do anything you want. But I kind of made, I said, Lord, if you'll just save my daddy, you know, I, I'll, I'll go and do anything you want to do, you want me to do. But I got there, I graduated, I got on staff, and, and there's, uh, is, uh, was there. Uh, one night, and I don't remember what the year was, but it had to be uh, somewhere probably the late 80s, and, and John may remember, but I got a call the, from uh, Alex, my brother, that dad had had a heart attack. And it was the first of anything like this that, that had happened, and, and uh, it, 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 it just scared me. I remember jumping up and 
the moment I got the phone call, you said you rushed to you know start on, and we were gonna, and I was gonna start driving down home. But but what happened was the moment I set up in the bed that that day, as soon as I set up there, it God hit me in the heart and said, "Are you?" going to be willing to do whatever I want to do, are you still making your decisions based on whether this is going to take you further away from me, further away from your family? And by that, I mean God was dealing with me back then about just making a decision. And and I'll I'll say some of this, and I'll have to get to heaven to find out exactly right, but, but, but the but I, I believe sometimes God puts something in front of you, not because he wants you to do it, but wants to see if you're willing to do it. And what he said to me that night is, are you willing to go to the mission field? And, and I, up to that point, I think God had been dealing with me about going to the, to the mission field. And I want to explain to you the whole thing why I, I, I never went, but I'll say, show you why. But, but I, I said that night, as I sat up on the bed, I, it was as clear as day, God was saying to me, if you won't be willing to go wherever I want because of your family, because to decide to go to the mission field, I'd already moved 550 mile, miles away from my mom and dad, but to go to the mission field would be to go away f- and not see them for years. And I think I couldn't do it. I, as much as I was thinking I can do whatever God wants, God said, you've never really been willing. And the Lord said, do I have to take your dad to get you willing? And on that bed there, that night, I, I told the Lord, I said, just let me get to my preacher immediately and, and, and whatever, I'll get counsel, I don't understand, but whatever my preacher counsels me, I will do, and Lord, I'm willing. I, if he tells me to go tomorrow to, the, to some mission field, I'll go. And, that, and you, you, you would have to know how hard it is. I started driving down that night on the way down. I got, probably got about 150 miles or 200 miles or something on the way there when I got another phone call, and, and, and they said, you know, it's not what they thought. It's not as extreme. It's not, you know, he's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. And I turned around and I was able to come back home. But the very, that very week I went to see my preacher. And then when I went to see him, I sat down with him and he, we went for probably about an hour and a half. And he, he looked at me and he said, Bob, I believe God was trying to get, find out if you're willing to do whatever you want. And he said, honestly, he said, I prayed about it. You know, we spent some time in prayer and did things. He said, I believe that God uh, has brought the mission field to you here because I was with the military ministry and they were coming from all over the world and, and you know to me and and reaching them and I said I told the Lord I didn't tell him this before I didn't tell my preacher that. I said but I told the after he got through keeping me counsel I said I told the Lord I would do whatever you said do because I didn't have a place God wanted me to I didn't really want to know what he wanted but God wanted to know whether I was willing whether I was willing. And I'll be honest with you, that's, that's why when Mike and Brooke, you know, you know, they've mentioned sometimes about the fact that, that when I got out of the hospital uh, and, and doctors told me not to go, not to go, not to go, and I hadn't even healed up. I had to heal up from the outs, uh, inside out, and I wasn't even fully healed up. But I went to Africa there because I, I, 
long time ago, back in the late 80s, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm not holding back anymore. You don't, you don't have to, to do anything to find out if I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Now, my number one is this. Is there anything that you're not willing to give up for Jesus? And if there's anything that you're not willing to give up for Jesus, you're really not desiring to be his disciple. That's how hard this, this verse is. If there's anything that you're not willing to give up. Everybody awake out there? Everybody okay? This, 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 is, this is, I know that I use humor a lot, but this is pretty intense stuff here. The, the Lord's looking at us and he's saying salvation is free, but, but being a disciple is a whole different level. He says if there's anything we refuse to take on and face for Jesus, if there's anything that we say, okay, that's where I say no, no, I draw the line, then we're really not desiring to be his disciple. I, even, I told Mike and when, I, when I was preparing this, told my wife this as I talked to her about it. She said, tell me about your message. I said, my message I'm scared to preach because I'm not sure that people really want to be a disciple. I'm not sure that, that most of our church members that we really want to be a disciple. I believe God had to take me through a lot to get me to the point where God, where I really wanted to be his disciple. I wanted to be a little bit of a follower of Christ, but not a disciple of Christ. Now listen to me. I'm not saying you're thrilled about it when God says you got to be willing to give up this or you got to be willing to leave and go here or you got to be willing, whatever he wants. I'm not saying that, we're, wow, that's so exciting that I'm going to do without that. Hey, I'm so excited to go li- you know, to sleep on the ground. I'm so excited to give this up. I'm so excited to, to hand this money over, to do this. or what. I'm so excited to do that for God. No, I'm not even saying God says you're going to be excited about it. I'm just saying that God says the first qualification for being the disciples is are you willing to give, give up anything and everything for the cause of Christ and for Christ himself? In, in this society we live in, that's an extreme thought. And I'll be honest with you, most of our churches are growing because that's not what we're asking of them. We're not asking to give up, and I'll, I'll get there with this. Salvation is easy, for it is a gift and available to all who believe and receive Jesus Christ as Savior. So salvation is a free gift, and salvation is easy to get. But to be a disciple, as Jesus describes it, takes a much, much greater commitment. Folks, we have to really, if we're going to go to the next level of, of Christianity, we have to decide, do I want to seek to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Jesus came to seek and save the world. He came to prepare his disciples who would continue to tell the world of him. He came to seek and save the world, and the way he would do that is by preparing disciples who would be willing... Listen, it was gonna, the, the gospel was not going to be propagated unless he got a hold to some men and some women that it said when he passed on, they were willing to keep on. They were willing to go wherever. They were willing to give up their lives. 
And folks, you say, Brother Hooker, why would God be wanting you to do this? Because folks, we could very easily be heading that direction. Do you understand? I, I, there was something that's coming out about, you know, September 23rd, and I don't know whether it's true or not, you know, about all the stars and all this, you know, Revelation chapter 12 and all these kind of things going on. And, and some say it's, you know, it's no big deal. And some say, you know, it's never happened and, and all this. But, but all I can tell you is this. We are in an incredibly wicked world. We, sadly, this world, but when, they, when nations became wicked, can I tell you where they fled? They fled to a nation called America because America said, in God we trust. And a lot of the leadership trusted in God. But can I tell you, they, they don't have any place to flee today because America doesn't trust in God. And I don't care what party you're for, they're, they, that, they're chock full of evil. Chalk full of wickedness, lies and deceit and immorality. And, and God will judge that. A nation can't escape the murder of, of nearly 60 million babies. You can't escape judgment. And I'm not trying to be depressing, but that sounds pretty depressing. I don't understand. But I'm just trying to tell you that we need to prepare. Are we really disciples of Christ? I don't know what happened to my microphone. It won't stay in place today. These were, there's a multitude that followed him. Many, I'm sure, believed in him and trusted him. But listen, others were along for the miracles, for the fish and bread. Many of them were coming for the blessings and for the incredible things that they might see. They were clamoring to follow Jesus, but they did not understand what it meant to be a disciple of Christ. The Christian is a believer in Christ. Folks, do you believe in Jesus Christ? The Christian is a believer in Christ. The disciple is a follower of Christ and all of his principles and all of his truth. It's not just a follower. It's a follower completely. Now, that's not perfection I'm talking about. It's talking about whenever I find something that God wants and God says, and maybe, maybe I just realize there's something, then I'm willing to change it or do it or add it or subtract it. The Christian trusts Christ for his eternity. The disciple trusts Christ for his present and his eternal future. The word disciple is more than just a student or a learner. The disciple is a follower of Christ. The disciple makes the principles and truths of one they are following. In this case, Jesus. The disciple makes the principles and truths of the one they are following their life's endeavor. It's, it's what he believes, I believe. What he says, I'll do. That's, the that's what Jesus describes a disciple. That's not me defining it. Jesus decide, says that this is a disciple. When he says it, I'm going to do it. Today, there's a great movement toward discipleship. And, and I think it's a wonderful thing. But, but here's where we're struggling. This is a wonderful endeavor. But the reality is that most have confused the training or finishing of a, a course discipleship. Now, listen to me. The disciple does not have information stored in his mind or written in his notebook or just a booklet that's been finished. 
A disciple understands that Christ expects him to give up and take up. Understand, now, I'm not against going through a discipleship program. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great that we learn, but here's the error that we're making. We're putting information into heads and calling it discipleship into the heads of people that really have not committed their heart to God. And by that I mean they have not been willing to say, I want to be his disciple. No, what they're saying is, let me learn his information. Let me learn his, his truth. Let me learn it. But wait, it takes more than just knowing it. you got to have a heart to say, I desire to obey it. And I'm for learning all we can, but the error that's being made right now is this. Everybody sign up for a course, and it's one more educational system. Sign it up, and you complete it. Now you've gone through the discipleship program. Do we have your heart? Now, understand that learning the information does not make you a disciple, But I understand also you will always struggle with being a disciple if you do not learn what it means to follow Christ. So you got to learn. you got to learn. But that doesn't make you a disciple just the learning. But you won't become a disciple without learning. But you, as you learn, you've got to have the heart to apply it. I believe that some disciples who do not know nearly as much as others but they're disciples because their desire is to give up and take up. There, there's somebody in here who I believe is in reality a disciple of Christ. And you may not know nearly as much as somebody else in this room knows, but here's what your desire is. God, teach me and I'll do it. God, show me and I'll obey. Now, I've actually got uh, two sermons here, so... If you like this one, come back next week. If you don't like this one, skip next week. Oh boy, I shouldn't have said that because it's going to be like three people here. But what does it take to be a disciple of Christ? First of all, believe his book. First thing you need to do is believe his book. We cannot be a disciple of Christ if we struggle against the simple truths that he has given us. And man, I don't know what in the world happened to this thing. You see, I I keep saying this, and I'm going to say it over and over again, is that the problem we struggle with in our Christian lives and in in the church today is the vast majority of Christians only believe enough of this book to get saved and to agree with that which they agree with. You like that one? Because that's what it is. And we don't look for anything else. You know, don't tell me anything I don't want to hear. We got to believe the whole book. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. We cannot be a disciple of Christ if we're struggling against the simple truths that he has given us. So we got to believe the book. Number two, we got to study the book. We will struggle in being a disciple of Christ if we live in ignorance of his teachings. 
So this is where the courses and things come in. I, I think we, we do need to study his book. We need to be in the Bible. Folks, you need to be opening this book yourselves on a daily basis. You need to be reading on a daily basis. You need to be asking God, the Holy Spirit, who will guide you into all truth. And once, please understand this, the Holy Spirit doesn't guide you outside this book. He guides you into the truth of this book. And so he will, he will guide you, but you got to get in it because we remain ignorant of what God says to do. So how can we do or take up what he's going to tell us to take up? And that's what I'm going to teach next week. It's one thing to give up, and that's what he's saying. You need to give up family. I, I, again, the illustration, I came to a point in my life, in my, my walk with God, where God finally smote my heart, and I lived for my family. I gave to my children. I lived to see my children serve God. I, I lived uh, for my wife and my children, and I was so intense about it that I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I, I think I slighted God because I loved them so much, and God finally broke me, and I, just, and I came to the point where I said even to them, I've got to see God before I seek you. Because that's becoming a disciple of Christ. You say, don't you love your family? Intensely. But God says, I need to love him more. Number three, we got to obey his book. You see, we got to believe his book. We got to study his book. But this is where the crux of it is. The information in here does not make us disciples. And when we say, in my mind and my heart, I will do it. I'll obey it. We may say we believe it. We may even study it. But unless we attempt to obey it, we will not be his disciple. I'm saying number four is this. Once we are willing to obey it, we will promote it. We'll promote his book. Hey, a, a disciple understands that he is left here to see others believe, study, and obey the Word of God. The disciple realizes that God's wanting us to do this. At some point, somebody has to leave home and go prepare to tell other people about Christ. Somebody's got to leave their, their land and go tell other people about Christ. Somebody's got to be willing to go across the street and tell somebody else about Christ. Somebody's got to be willing to come in, in the building and teach others about Christ. Somebody's got to be willing to say, I've got to study. I've got to hey, somebody, author's got to be willing to go on a campus where you'll be a, a weird duck uh, because you believe in Jesus, but just take a stand for Christ in humility, in, in joy, and say, you know what? I'm going to step out because more important than my relationship, more important than me being somebody, more important than me uh, having all the things this world offers, I want to be a disciple of Christ. That's a big step. You know, I'm just going to read you a passage of Scripture and, and, and I'm trying to very quickly do this. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18 says this. And I'm going to take these four things just real quickly and tell you, 
2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part uh, hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Do you understand that? God says, you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, this is what he says now, if you're my people, if you're my temple, wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and, and will be as a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, if we just take this, this passage and we kind of apply the four things we just talked about. Number one, for this, this passage to have any influence on your decisions about where you go or with whom you spend your time, you must first believe that it is the very words of God. That passage right there is a pretty intense passage. And he's saying, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. Now, we can't leave this world. We can't escape this world. we got to be around the people of this world. But we don't have to be the world. And so he says, do you believe this is the very words of God? That's the first question you got to answer in your heart. Secondly, for this passage to have any real influence in your life, you must understand that this will come with study and comparing Scripture with Scripture, not Scripture with opinion or Scripture with cultural relevancy. you got to compare Scripture with Scripture. We compare it with passages like this, 12, 1 and 2, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or we can compare it with scriptures like 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, where it says, be, uh, But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Or you could just... First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 16, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Or, or John chapter 15, verse 19, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. You know what? God says, understand what God really wants from you. He doesn't want you to hide from people. You have to live in this world, but you don't have to be of the world. Now, that's just a, just a few of sampling of the verses. But number three, for this passage to have any real influence in your life, you've got to obey it. There's a point where God says there's some places you ought not go. There's some things you ought not do. There's some people you ought not hang around. That doesn't mean you don't go witness to them. That doesn't mean you don't come and try to influence them. But that means you don't socialize with them. You don't live with them. You don't go around. And I understand if you're already, you know, if it's your mama, your daddy, you can't do anything. But, but the... But the fact is, is that there's some things that God says that you ought not do. And man, this church don't like to hear that. I don't mean this church, the world. The church doesn't like to hear that anymore. But that very simply, that's because we got churches at the best. They may be Christian, but very little are we preaching. You need to be a disciple. Romans 6, 16 says, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And if this is going to make any, if this is going to make any influence in your life, if you obey it, you've got to understand that God says, if you're really obeying it, then you're going to promote it. 
Ezekiel 44, 23 says then, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm trying to follow these four things in my own life for you. And right now, when I'm saying there's something hard, I'm, saying, I'm trying to teach you the difference between the holy and the profane. You, do you understand that everything out there created in this world that God created, the devil has counterfeited? That means there's going to be a holy and profane of music. That's going to be a holy and profane of TV. There's going to be a holy and a profane of literature. There's going to be a holy and profane of conversation. There's going to be a holy and profane of dress. There's going to be a holy and profane of everything in this world. And God says, you better know the difference. And watch this. He says to me, if you're my disciples, then you will teach them the difference. Folks, I'm done. I'm not done, but I'm quitting. But let me tell you, what I've done today is I'm trying to say to you, God didn't send me here or ask me to please you. He sent me to teach you. And I want you to understand, that doesn't change my love for you. It doesn't change even my inward desire to just please you. I would like for everybody to walk out and say, wow, that was great. <laughs> Which really means it sounded good, it was funny, and, it, and you enjoyed it. But that's not what God sent me to do. If I'm going to be his disciple, and I'll be honest with you, that's all I want in the world. And I'm so far from being really what he wants, but I'm trying to get there. I've got to teach people the difference between the holy and the unholy. The holy and the profane. And I'm going to just warn you. When that happens, depending where you are in this level of journey of discipleship, some of those things that I tell you, you're not going to like. You're going to be upset about them. Because a Christian can be saved on their way to heaven, but a disciple, Jesus said, you going to follow me? Wait a minute, time out, crowd. You want to follow me? Then turn away from everything else for me. Every other relationship, every other desire, every other dream for me. And right there, that's pretty extreme for our generation. It's, forgive me, but it's pretty extreme for anybody to be willing to preach it. And I don't want to preach it. That's what God said. Do you want to be the disciple? And can, let me just warn you, as we think about this decision, it's not, okay, yeah, I decided to be a disciple. Okay, I am. It's not coming to an altar one time and saying, Hey, I'm going to be your disciples, Lord. 
No, it's coming and saying, Father, my heart burns to be your disciple. And I want to begin the journey today. I want to begin today saying, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I should be. But Lord, begin today, I want to begin the journey of not being what I was. This is the job of the church as a whole and the job of every individual in the church to promote the gospel of Christ, but to be, to proclaim, to witness, to teach people the difference between the holy and profane, but we'll only do this when we desire in our heart to be a disciple of Christ. Father, I pray that you bless. Time is up. And